Yo, what's up? Happy Thursday. How everyone's doing? Uh, we're back. The Culture and Cannabis Podcast. Episode number 21, J- JC. Uh, we can't see JC right now because I'm in the lead-in right now. Uh, JC hates it. But uh, we have an awesome guest today. Uh, this person is the operation manager for DigiPath Labs. It's Chubby Stanley. What's up? How are you doing? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me, guys. How are you doing, JC? I'm doing you okay? Amazing. Are you okay that I'm a lead right now? Or are you going to make it? Or I'm just happy that you're happy. I'm happy. I'm always happy. <laughs> That's all that matters. So listen, Shelby, we've been seeing lots of stuff in the news lately about labs, some certain uh, things that aren't happening correctly. I don't know what the correct word is. Why they shut a lab down. I don't think they shut them down. I think it just gets suspended it. Suspended it. Okay. Yeah, and I think it's just due to the fact that like they all I feel like that's what like uh, the states like first go to is like they suspend people. Yeah, shutting and then they, and they figure out like oh what's going on here and then they then they're like they're going to shut you down or you can keep doing what you're doing. What are they shutting them down for, Shelby? So I don't know the exact suspending, reason. Suspending them. Right. And I don't know. They don't necessarily, um, for everybody, make it public, unfortunately. Uh, you know, we went through it a couple <laughs> years ago, and it was very public. Um, Only with you guys. Um, right. But no harm, no foul. Uh, yeah. So I couldn't say exactly what they're necessarily being shut down for. But um, I do know that there's a lot of differences between the facilities and labs and their methods and machines and standards and it causes for these variations amongst test results and it affects not only our consumers but obviously it affects the growers and producers so um i can't say exactly why i I really i really don't even know um i just know that when they come in for an audit they want they come in and ask for specific data or you know they want to see um a specific sample or you know we're required to keep retention for Mm -hmm. 30 days for anything that's failed um at digipath we're a little unique where i'm i might keep everything (laughs) for 60 days (laughs) so we tried to you know again um cover ourselves like that yeah and as well it almost kind of sounds like that when the health department comes to a restaurant like if you're working in a restaurant and and i mean just to be clear here right i think a lot more strict yeah it it is a lot more strict. it's like a thousand times more strict than the health department but but yeah let's let's be clear here so we're talking about labs so in the state of nevada you have to get your 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 products all lab tested Mm -hmm. right you have to get the the coas right Mm -hmm. and so certificate of analysis certificate of analysis and um yeah which kind of like this so everything has to be tested and and that's one of the things that the, the legal market kind of leans on uh, of being you know better than the black market right because we you know when it comes to our meds we're seeing it tested and we're seeing the labs and and we're trusting that our regulation process kind of gives us uh, you know good and safe medicine Right, and so that's that's what you're doing the good work over there in that sector of the, of the cannabis space. Are you guys, um, when it comes to labs, is it just cannabis over there at Digipath? We also test for CBD and hemp products nice. um, right now as well. Um, that's under Department of Agriculture, so it's regulated separately from mm-hmm. the THC side. 
Um, so that's, again, completely separate, and they really don't want any intermingling between taxation and agriculture. So if I have any hemp or CBD questions, I'm calling agriculture. If I have any, um, you know, THC metric production cultivation, we call taxation. So. so, like, do we have, you know, as a cannabis consumer on a daily basis, do I have anything to worry about when I go hit a dispensary? I mean, I feel as if, though, um, again, like when we were talking earlier, I'm very confident in everything that's tested in the state of Nevada, as long as it has a certificate of analysis with it. And something that I think needs to be uh, pushed more is that these need, are more readily available for you guys. You know, people should be making their choices based off of this. You should know not after the fact that it has remnants of pesticide. You should have the choice, just like you do in a store, to say, okay, well, this has 38 grams of fat. I don't want to eat it and yeah. put it back. Well, you should know if this has X amount of PPM. And, you know, again, what, again, we were talking about earlier, heavy metals, that's parts per billion. That's such a small, minute amount. No, I'm, we're going to say it's not something you necessarily need to worry about. That's why we gave it a limit, right? Mm -hmm. Now, anything over that limit yes you need to be concerned with yeah and that's where i think you know again based off of your methods and and your standards and what you do internally your your quality control um will ultimately play effect into the final results so you need to be 100 percent on top of that you know our qcs are so tight and we just went through our iso audit what's a Q what's a qc quality control oh. just a quality check mm -hmm. um we just went through our iso audit with zero deficiencies and, and that's iso is um iso 17025 one zero one seven zero two five is the accreditation that the uh, state requires all the labs to go through. Cool. Um. So it just really like most blood and urine labs, I, I believe, were some type of sort of uh, like accredited. Um. It's just a different number, like sixteen hundred or whatever saying. it is. So, um, the one that they required for us was the seventeen o two five. I believe I'm saying that right. Yeah. Don't kill me. Yeah. Lab, if I'm not. Yeah. Don't hold. Um, don't hold. Don't hold her to it. But. Um. Uh, but so we went through that recently. We go through those audits as well as state audits, which we just went through and passed as well. So we're, you know, we make sure the biggest thing at Digipath that I've learned in May of 2020 will have been operational for five years. Um, and something I learned in year one was never ask for forgiveness. You know what I mean? Always ask for permission. Just call and ask. If you have a question, don't try to interpret it. Don't try to think you know what you're doing it's just easier to call your auditor or the state and say hey this has happened or this is happening what do i do mm -hmm. and sometimes they won't have the answer and sometimes it's going to take a little bit of time and never that's really hard for everybody um you know for instance our 72 hour turnaround is never fast enough it couldn't be you know mm -hmm. you couldn't get results out fast of course enough. um so again anything to delay it i know hurts business sometimes but it's i think sometimes you have to weigh the option of are you going to get suspended and take the time off for whatever they think you did incorrectly yeah because you didn't ask and we've been and, and again i've been in situations where we didn't even think what we were doing was incorrect we thought what we were doing was right and we still got in you know yeah. trouble essentially of course um, Which is not hard to do with them. Right. And what we did is we took it as an opportunity to build a relationship with them. So we went in, you know, the following day and sat down with 
the head of taxation and said, you know, I mean, I think there was even apologies exchanged at one point between my CEO and the head of taxation. And so we had opted at that point, like you guys were mentioning, when you're going through a suspension, you'll get what's called a plan of correction or a POC. Mm-hmm. And within it, it will give you the NACs that you have essentially um, the laws you've broken, right? Um, so NAC 453A and D are the laws that we abide by medical and recreational. And so from that plan of correction, they'll list out what NAC you've been deficient in. Um, from there, you come up with a plan of correction, I believe within 10 days, and you submit it to the state, and then they let you do your thing, as long as they're happy with your plan of correction. So I guess I guess my question is, is like, when when people are doing tests are there ways like so also in the news probably like two a couple months ago right there was flat failed flour that hit the market what what's like that type of protocol right obviously if it hits the market it has to get lab tested to be in a dispensary so does that fall back on the lab does it fall back on the grower you know that, that, that on the uh the dispensary how's that work how does field weed get onto a, a shelf you know that was a sticky situation i feel i'm i really feel for everybody involved especially the consumers and patients but i will again commend the state in that they owned up sent a letter out to every patient that's big time you don't really see a lot of that in other states of course saying look, there's a recall. If you have this, beware, you know? So I, again, I give them kudos for that, for sure. Um, From the testing perspective, it's, again, I chalk it up to your, each lab's different method. You know, what were, how did one lab test it versus another? There's also a term that I think, you know, we all hear, or it's almost been created in the lab world as like a hot bud, and it's the stupidest. It sounds stupid, but essentially, what could a butt be a clean butt over here could be a dirty one over here. And when you're randomly selecting from five pounds, it's easy to, you know, again, pick a bud that is clean versus dirty. Of course. Um, and so there's been definitely times where I think it goes both ways, where someone will fail with us and pass at another lab. And then they've we've had times where we've passed people that have failed at other places, you know? I always make sure too, though, that if that's the situation, because that's a retest, so that's a required state retest. The state chooses the third-party lab that will retest that product. Um, They come in, they pick it up, um, has to be bagged and sealed and marked and dated, Mm -hmm. and again, tested by this other lab. Now those results, I always compare to the initial ones because I'm just curious, you know, I want to know how far off, how distant was it, you know, and for the most part, it's, we're never really too far off from THC from what I've seen, which has been very comforting for me. Yeah. Um, Cause we hear a lot of that too, these huge variances. I can't say that I have a ton of data to go based off of, but I have more than a couple handfuls of retests that show our THCs are pretty, pretty much the same. Our terps are very similar. Our heavy metals are similar, but what you'll see is a difference in variance between pesticides and micro, which seem to be the two kind of most sensitive um, tests, I would say. And the two mo- the two tests that have um, maybe the most difference in how you're performing them, you know. Um, a woman recently did a study on standards. So standards are the standard reference material that you run through your machine to say, 
look for this pesticide, look for this cannabinoid, look for this terpene. Um, there's about, I think there's a little, more, there's probably more than four, but there's really like four major standard companies. Um, the woman who did the study amongst the four standard companies said there was a 16% variance. And that's a huge that's difference it. to say that one lab orders from, again, one standard company A and the other's ordering from B and there's that variance between them, you're going to see the difference in the results as well from in, the, in, be in between the labs. I'm happy that you brought up um, cannabinoid. That's cannabinoid? Cannabinoids. It's cannabinoid, right? Is that, that, that saying that correctly? Oh, I don't know. I think you're Tomato, right. tomato, whatever. Fuck it. Um, cannabinoid. Can it? No, I don't Cannabinoid. know. Someone's gonna, someone's, someone someone's right now. Someone's right now. Someone's going bad. Are you fucking kidding me? This is the culture of cannabis podcast. Well, especially from the lab. Yeah. They're like, get her out of there. She's fired. Um, uh, so, At least I didn't call it a turpine, right? Yeah, turpine. <laughs> That's that. my favorite. Um, the, you know, there's lots of rumors that say people potentially might be paying for higher lab results. Do you see that ever? Obviously, I mean, I don't need you to, you know, plead the fifth here, but, uh, you know, is that something that ever happens to you? Do you ever get like a... I would never. Um, I, yeah, you right. might never, but is that something you've ever been offered? Um, I've definitely, I think in the beginning, everybody was thought that was the route to take mm -hmm. so there would always really? be kind of like jokes yeah. about it like oh give me an empty c of a and i'll fill it out or silly things like that you know i don't think anybody was really too serious about it because we knew how strict everything was going to be um but that was something that and i started off by saying i would never because i told my ceo who hired me at the time that i would never lie cheat or steal in this industry i had come and had some black market experience was no longer a mm -hmm. part of that um was asked about it in my interview thought it was a trick question <laughs> i was like i don't know if i should answer this um but i just vowed that i would never do lie cheat or steal mm -hmm. you know i've heard horror stories of bad business deals bad partners people doing stuff under the table what we're currently going through look at the black eye that the state currently has right now yeah. unfortunately yeah because of one person you know everybody else didn't do it but one person did and so now it all looks bad it's you unfortunate know? that person was on the the head of head of uh what was going on right right so i and that's i guess that's where it comes back to it's like you know if someone on that high of a level um is uh potentially taking you know dinners and money and sit downs i don't know the exact details i don't want to you know put claim that it's not true uh, there's a chance where you know uh someone goes you know this is a 20 percent weed but i really need to be a 29 percent weed you know and that and i think that's i mean i don't have all the answers but it seems like that, that that's where the, a lot of the motivation is coming from, right? So, you know, some buyers will will, will be more inclined to buy, you know, marijuana yeah, with a higher call, percentage, I had right? to call the buyer today that said, hey, what's the THC percentage? I'm like, oh, yeah, you, you care? So, so is that what yeah. we should be worried about, Shelby? The, the, the percentage? No, no Why I not? really, Why you know, not? because to, to be honest too, from a scientific viewpoint, it should, most strains should be reported in ranges. You know, a Gorilla Glue, or whatever a, a head cheese should be reported in a in a range what do you, you mean by that um like a 25 to 28 that it just consistently comes in between that all yeah. the time that mm. that that particular strain from that particular grower but that's also a part of it is genotyping so you have to think that eventually people are gonna have to start genotyping which is essentially 
trademarking your your particular strain mm-hmm. um tracking its lineage and saying this is what it is yeah. you know so that's going to have to start happening in my opinion if, if we're going to go out and stake these claims so you would, know? You, would you say that we kind of need like a culture shift and that 100 percent. we've tried to go out and educate on terpenes as so much anybody who wants to know about terpenes please Digipath up because I think that's something that's being so missed. I think it's something that is not being talked about enough. Um, and we did a very large study that Tony has over there, a white paper. Yeah. Um, and that, that so, study has weed on it, sorry. Oh, it's fine. That's <laughs> what it's for, right? No. So it's about. <laughs> so that study is showing, you know, we tested, I believe it was 600 strains. Um, and that the cannabinoid profiles amongst these strains were so similar. I mean, just, just. I mean, you can see the the charts in there. Yeah. But the terpene crazy. profiles created these three individual clusters, really showing us that there's not necessarily 600 different strains, but rather a much smaller number of three strains or close to right mm. because we're. We're getting you're again. You're seeing all that data collected into one place, and it's showing really that the terpene profile is what's differentiating it. Don't get me wrong; cannabinoids are super important. I don't want that to be the the takeaway from this, but I think terpenes are equally as important, um, and if not more. Essentially, we're going to start learning that they they do a lot more than what we think they do yeah i feel like it's a general consensus in the people that are actually in the cannabis industry or people that are very aware of what's going on in the cannabis industry that terpenes is like that's the way you, you're like you know as a as a uh, uh informed consumer that's how you should buy you should be you know figure out what terpenes you like the mix of terpenes you like and then go go search for that um, but for the general population, they see, oh, that has 30% THC, that's going to get me the highest, I'll buy that. Or that's a sativa, or that's a hybrid, or that's, and that's another. Let me, you know, there's another, I'll let me that. shut that one down, yeah. you know. That's, so there's yeah. a study that shows that 80% of what we think is a sativa is actually an indica because of poor crossbreeding over time. No, again, no offense to anybody, but if you weren't a professional breeder or aren't a professional breeder, it's hard to do those things, you know, so. Yeah, and this and is all on no, Again, it's not to insult anyone. It's just to say that it's over time. And I mean, there were times too in the beginning, we would see it. We would walk in and someone would say, oh, it, you know, someone said it was Girl Scout cookies, but it really didn't grow out like that. It doesn't smell like it. It doesn't look like it. So I'm going to call it whatever peanut butter cookie or whatever, yeah. you yeah. know. Um, so, so again, there's nothing necessarily wrong with it, but I think we're going to start to get more sophisticated over time and people are going to want to start to know these profiles, these chemo profiles, which is terpene and cannabinoid. And again, the, the, almost this lineage of, is it really what it is? Um, and now we have to go back in time a little bit and try to undo some of this breeding and get back some of those sativas. And, and I think what they're called like land race yeah. um, strains so that, you know, they really do exist because currently you're looking at just either an indica sh- straight up or what we now call a hybrid because yeah. everything is technically a hybrid in so, my opinion. So do you think that it's good that the market is heading towards like the relax, focus, energy, 
sleep model or are you not a fan of that i i think that's in the right direction i'm a fan of personalized medicine so i think that's where it's gonna boil down to i really hope there's the day that i can order just like someone does their vitamins and it tells me that i need to take you know 100 milligrams of THC and 25 milligrams of t- of CBD in the morning or whatever. Yeah. I like THC a lot, so that's why I, if you noticed that that was a low dose of CBD, high THC for your girl. I did that purposely. Um, and and then at lunch and then at dinner or whatever the yeah. case is, you know, that's what I say now. If we were to find the plant now, it would be a miracle drug. We just found it. 50, 60 years ago, longer, obviously. I know it's been thousands and thousands yeah. of years, but I'm just saying it, yeah. from from the time that it became mainstream and got shut down so quickly, and now we have, it, well, really that big stigma being built up, yes. you know, over the short amount of time, what it feels yeah. like. Yeah. You know, even though it's been around thousands of years in a short amount of time, it, it gained this huge stigma, you know what I mean? And I think that's where we're you know, still having to fight it and still trying to figure out how to explain. You know, for me, one thing that I explain to people that do have an issue with the product is I I relate terpenes to things that they're already eating, you know, and it really does blow someone's mind to say, oh, myrcenes and mangoes. Or one time, you'll probably love this, Tony. I had a state person come in, and this was at the very beginning in medical. We were going through micro, and we were explaining something about the way we did micro because we use uh, we use a unique asset or a unique method called qPCR. So we looked directly into the DNA of micro. Wow. Um, very. And we also used three very, uh, three like M plates, which is like old school, high school, where you like grow something out and wait for it to grow. <laughs> so that is also another like that's the easy way to explain it, right? Oh, okay. Um, qPCR is just looking directly at the DNA of the bacteria, yeah. essentially. Very expensive machines. Um, like. I was explaining that to her, this method or whatever, and again, just going through, and one of the things we test for is coliforms. Well, coliforms are in tea, and she just so happened to have a tea, and I was like, oh, well, there's thousands of coliforms in that tea right there, and her face just kind of went flush, <laughs> you know, like people don't realize you know, beneficial bacteria yeah. lives on us, you mm-hmm. know, so that was a real hard one. Total aerobic um, was something that was tested on flour for a really long time and that was really hard because guys were using beneficial bacteria you know again beneficial (laughs) that's not harmful to any of us and it was making them fail you know and that was a hard thing to see so the state eventually saw that saw that it wasn't harmful to consumers and took it off for flour so that's you know over time that's what i do see is the state will own up and and fix the issue if they see that it's something that you know another example of prime one is the piperonal butoxide it's a it's an it's a pesticide it's on the pesticide list but it's an additive so it kind of like bulks up a pesticide i guess is the best way to put it or for me to explain mm-hmm. um or explain to me and i'm just being a mockingbird <laughs> but piperonal butoxide wasn't on the list when it was first sent out mm-hmm. and it was and a lot of people were popping for it but it also wasn't on any of the ingredients of what they were using so everybody even the state was baffled by it so we started collecting some of these products and testing them directly and finding out they weren't listing it on the ingredients of the product so people were failing for something and piperonal butoxide you can again give it a limit and throw it on the list and now someone has the chance of no longer failing for something that's not necessarily harmful because it's not even necessarily a pesticide. Mm-hmm. So 
that was a big thing in the beginning. The the list in the beginning was 81 pesticides. It was the, and where did they get the list? They got the list from hops initially. So we were going to replicate what they did with hops. And my chief science officer took 72 hours. Um, she was we in the beginning. We were very diligent with all of this. We moved very fast in the beginning. We knew we had to in the medical market to make a lot of these things stick in the beginning. So yeah, she went through that list of 81 and came down to about 22. And that's about what we're at right now, 23, 24 uh, pesticides uh, from from that. Because a lot of it was just absolutely, you know, herbicides and fungicides and things that just wouldn't be necessarily used. They're used on large uh, crops, not mm -hmm. indoor crops, so. We only have one outdoor but right all now. all labs in this state have to uh, test for the same pesticides and... Yeah, so we all have the same pesticide list, the same micro, the same heavy metals, um, the same solvents, the same mycotoxins, um, which is aflaocrotoxins. Those are toxins produced by fungus. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, if you get a mold of yeast or a fungus, uh, you know, bud rot, um, it could potentially produce a toxin, and that would be one of those three. Those are harmful to humans, period. I tell anybody that any ha that ever has that, I've, I've seen it very little, um, to get rid of it, put the proper PPE on, which is, you know, protective gear, and dispose of it for yourself. Um, even if the state doesn't tell you to, just for peace of mind of not getting sick, um, mm -hmm. I advise with that. Uh, take it very seriously for anybody you know we even had a patient one time come in and get there because we test for nevada patients um test their product and it had it on there and it was unfortunate that i had to tell him you couldn't have his medicine but you gotta go to the dispensary buddy because that has toxins all over it you yeah. can't smoke it you know um, are you still testing a lot of patients before? you know we d we i don't have a, a giant uh, no, not as much as we were. Um, right, but you still have clients. That, we still have people that, that do. Cool. We'll, we'll always help out patients. Yeah. I think it's important. Uh, I fought for that with the state for a very long time to do so because it's only fair that they should be able to be, test what they're growing. Yeah. No harm, no foul. The the re the results for them look very different. Um, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. They have a big red bar at the top that say patient use only, not for resale. So mm -hmm. um, we did have one person years ago that had kind of fuddled with it. So I got very, very tight on my kind of vetting process now, you know. Of course. So when you come in, I kind of, we go through a little interview. interview. We go a little, through a little interview, yeah. you know. But we <laughs> Rough do, them up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> do one free sample per patient per month. Nice. Yeah. And then very cool. we've also... Um, tried to help with cards still. So if people are having troubles with cards, we tried to um, help out with that with Cohen Medical. I love them. Robert's great over there. Shouts out. Um, so yeah, I mean, we just, that was something that was also super, super important to me. I grew up in Vegas, so I wanted to make sure now, not only did we take care of our cannabis community, make sure our patients were safe first, consumers um, next, but our, our outside community. So we do a lot of um, we do a lot of outside community work with Las Vegas Rescue Mission, the Shade Tree, um, veterans groups, uh, anyone's. Most of them have all started and kind of dissolved. So they've started one. Uh, Vegas Vets is the newest one, which nice. I love because it's just all of them together. Uh, we do have a little event, Taco Tuesday on the seventeenth. Mm. Everyone's welcome. Taco Tuesday. Veterans we're, we're, are welcome. We're at. 
A Digipath. Oh, I'll nice. Do it. Um, normally with Kushko. Mm-hmm. Ramina, don't kill me. I was going to come by today. Um, <laughs> but so we normally just set up tacos outside, cornhole, a couple hours, and, nice. and just hang out. It's something we do around Christmas time for the past four years. Mm-hmm. We've also done a food drive for the past four years with GLP and Essence. Shout out to them. Uh, this year we did it with The Source, and I know you guys got Maddie Jans on next week, right? Yeah. So shout out to him. He yeah. was a big part of that. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, again, I, I say so thank you to all those people because it ta- it does take a village to get what we do done, to get done what we do. I know that sounds crazy, but no, 100%. Uh, last year we raised almost $50,000 worth of food for the rescue mission, and that supplied them for almost the whole year as well as the Thanksgiving and Christmas dinners that they do, nice. as well as the daily food that they fill cars up with. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing what we've, we've all been able to accomplish, but that was something that was really important to me was to make sure we did something all the time whenever we could to help out. Um, our community. That's so beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. I feel like I haven't asked you enough questions about yourself and like how did you get into the industry and kind of like your background. Um, I kind of want to dive into that. Just kind of like you know, how did you get involved with all this? Um, so I was the. I mean, before this, I was the promotions director for five radio stations here in Las Vegas. Nice. Shout out Beasley Broadcasting. Love those guys. Um, I was. You know, started off as just like a PA girl, get free Slurpee down in 7-Eleven, mm-hmm. and quickly um, excelled into the promotions director and took over five radio stations. I nice. loved it. I thought, I'm a lifer. This is it. Music's it. Music was my life at the time. I loved going to shows, going to concerts. I went to Coachella the first time when I was like 14. I somehow convinced my nice. mom into that. So I just always was a big music junkie is what I would mm-hmm. say. So I just thought... I'm done with music. They'll never get rid of me. Um, unfortunately, that was not the case. I just had someone above me kind of capped me off and had no intention of letting me grow and made mm-hmm. that very clear to me and the rest of the management team. And it was just painful to watch. You know, mm-hmm. I was young. And so I moved on from that, just kind of bowed out gracefully. I still love, again, everybody over there. I still have, that was, I'm almost like, that's six seven years ago it's so but i'm so mm-hmm. close with so many people over there i love yeah. everybody um i dabbled in environmental contracting uh after that i took a hiatus to montana for a summer came back did some environmental contracting and my mom had a client who kept kind of pushing her for uh, an assistant like do you know anybody do you have anybody that you can suggest and my mom all the while was thinking about me but didn't really want to suggest me she didn't know if she wanted me to be in the cannabis space Mm. or the you know the weed space so um i think like three or four months later todd uh dankin at the time was one of her clients again kept begging her and begging her and begging her she gave him my number and he had me meet him at a cigar bar on sahara and I called my mom and I said, I'm at this place called En Fuego. Is this right? And she goes, oh, yeah, that's my other client. That's Mike Abdullah, Todd's friend. You know, just you're at the right spot. So, I mean, I walk in. I'm in a dress. I have, like, my stupid little briefcase. And it is, like, all, like, mafia guys, you know, smoking cigars. It's like what you picture a cigar shop to be. I'm the only female in there. Uh-huh. Um, have my interview, everything. It was like kind of what I was mentioning earlier, he asked me had I had any black market experience, had I ever grown before, kind of stuff like that. Like, so I'd never been asked in an interview. Of course. Like, 
This is so weird. And in a cigar bar. Oh, I lit a cigar for the first time. She took a picture and sent it to my mom. It was so funny. It was like, I, I think a match made right off the bat. Yeah. And uh, yeah, hired me right on the spot. I drank a beer with him to celebrate. That was, um, I was started November 1st, was my hire date in 2014. And uh, November 4th, we received our medical letter saying, complete these eight things, seven or eight things, in 18 months, and we'll give you a medical license. Well, we went balls to the wall and had uh, Digipath built out in about six months from that, that initial letter. Mm -hmm. And we opened May 23rd of 2015. So again, in uh, May of 2020, will be five years operational. That's crazy. Which is insane to think about. Yeah, that's very. That's have, a, have you ever been a twenty-year-old company in the cannabis industry? Yeah. Right. And that's how. Yeah. That's what we we're all saying. We're trying yeah. to figure out what it equates to. It's like dog years. Yeah, it, it, is, it is dog years. Weed years. <laughs> yeah, weed years is, is legit. Um, I have not been over at the Digipad. I'll have to go check it out soon. It's beautiful. Yeah. I've been over there. Oh, I, I can only imagine. You, you get the lab coat, and uh, Sh Shelby takes you. She's like, you feel cool. Yeah. She's like, you know, it's like Spider Man. It's like all like. Yeah, and I think in the beginning there was so much hesitation to it like we you know people were oh i've smoked 30 40 years and i've never died and i got a lot of that um hence why i was so quick to go after patients too because mm -hmm. i had this oh i'm gonna i'm gonna teach them all they're gonna love labs you yeah. know i had this thing about it because i yeah. we, i didn't want them to think we were bad guys because we yeah. weren't we were a service that the state was requiring and we wanted to come in and just be the best at it and protect I mean, again, this is the cleanest product in the nation, yeah. if not the world. Yeah. And any, that's so great to be able to say, you know, anybody who's coming to visit here, it's just, that's just flat out what it is. I think uh, California has some more pesticides that they've added, but um, that's the only other comparison I could think of that's testing more than we are. So um, I think there's something to be said about that. And we just took pride in that and have made sure, you know, um, that is what we stay true to is protecting the consumer and being accurate because if you're not accurate you know that was another important thing i have to say is you if you buy all that equipment you have to hire the right people or you've, or you've just bought paperweights you know yeah. so very 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 expensive finding our, the right staff has been something that we take pride in and our, our staff right now is you know just top of the line i really couldn't be happier with everybody that we have from our quality to pesticides to micro to accounting to i mean everybody you know logistics connor kills it you know it's just fun to see everybody and we're all seeming to enjoy it right now mm -hmm. so that's also that's great. nice there were matt lots of scrambles and lots of, of craziness and stuff like that but it seems as ne like now it's Maybe it's a little fun. Maybe I'm just thinking. I maybe it's just me. Right? <laughs> Everyone's just having their life. You're just yeah. having a great time. You're just in the corner I'm party. Like, yeah. Hey Walking through the lab. Everyone's like so depressed. I'm having the best <laughs> But you know, we don't want to keep you too long. We really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much. Um, do you want to plug anything before we dip out of here? I just, you know, I again want to plug that everyone should ask for their certificates of analysis at the dispensary. Ask for the fucking labs, people. Whoa, it's important. Dropping bombs. Love Ask it. for the fucking labs. Yeah, it's so I think important. It's, no, I think it's super important. You're putting in your body. Yep. We have these patient handbooks if anybody ever wants them. They have these really These are everywhere, by the way. They have these interesting charts in the back that coincide with our results. You know, so you can look at these ca cannabinoid tables with our cannabinoid profiles, and you can really, again, hone in on what your 
what medicine is best for you because I really think that's the direction that this is all going is personalized medicine. 100%. Know what you're smoking. Know what you're smoking. Mm -hmm. Where can they find you? Where can they find you personally? Where can they find Digipath? If they want to check, learn more, I'm or check everywhere. you out. Everybody, you know, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, digipathlabs.com. Mm -hmm. Pretty D-I-G-I-P-A-T-H-L-A-B-S.com. Um, the telephone number is 702-209-2429 goes to my cell phone, so <laughs> you're calling my cell phone when you call that number, um, which means we're available 24-7. <laughs> um, yeah, again, I try to, you know, support those who support us, and, you know, Culture and Cannabis has been great to work with, and I love, I love me some full-time Tony, and you guys have been awesome to be around, and... yeah. Super encouraging from, the, you know, all the stuff, even down to the event we had last night, to the iPuff Tough stuff, to just, you know, we all have, I think, just this support for each other, and it's really nice. Yeah. So, thanks for having me. Uh, of course. course. Thank you. Thank you for being here. That's been great. Well, I think that's it. Let's wrap it up. Wrap it up. I'm Full-Time Tony. You guys know where to find me on Instagram, at Full-Time Tony. AKA my name is Anthony Lee. Um, I'm sitting, <laughs> sitting here next to Jason. Did, did you want to give your phone number? Or? <laughs> phone number. <laughs> no. Uh, with my guy JC Coates. Um, we'll see you guys next Thursday. Yeah, next Thursday. Same time, same place. Uh, oh, MJ BizCon's next week, so it's going to get oh. hectic as fuck. So hopefully, rowdy, rowdy, we'll, rowdy we'll, Piper. We'll, we'll talk about that as well. So um, you guys have a great rest of your Thursday. We'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.